I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. From... Postcard from the Past and Wardour Studios. This is Podcast from the Past, the Postcard Podcast. This is the programme where we do what I'm sure the postman, your flatmates, your mother, especially your mother, has always done. Sneak a good look at the back of other people's postcards. Each time we fire up this podcast, my guests bring in postcards that for some reason they've kept, cards that mean something to them and we find out just why they decided to hold on to them and what particular memories, mysteries and meanings are held locked within these scuffed, nubbed and dinked pasteboard oblongs. I'm Tom Jackson, and today we are trepidatiously entering the minefield of comedy writing with the hugely successful writing team, Jason Hazley and Joel Morris. Jason and Joel, I'm delighted you're here. Hello, Tom. Thanks for for having us. letting us in. Thank you. You're more than welcome. Now... Joel Morris is, of course, a comedy writer. From early days selling a sketch to Russ Abbott when he was still at school and then skewering local news in the Framley Examiner, Joel followed up with the off-kilter travel guide, Bollocks to Alton Towers, and has then since gone on to put the jokes together for a blaze of comedy luminaries, including Charlie Brooker, Miranda Hart, Mitchell and Webb and Armstrong and Miller. And, in fact, Joel also carried out emergency joke repairs on both Paddington films as well. And Joel is also a musician. But it is the ubiquitous, world-beating Ladybird books for grown-ups that have elevated Joel from backroom laugh technician to household name. (laughs) (laughs) These cunningly gift-shaped books have sold literally two and a half billion copies. (laughs) That is enough for every man, woman, child and dog in this country to have 400 copies each. And I've reason to believe that new legislation will soon make that mandatory which can only be good news. Joel arrives here with a smudgy Chelmsford postmark. Joel, do you still send postcards? Um, I'll send them to... Actually, I do them a little bit because I've got an eight-year-old son and it seems to be something you do children like them. And so, yeah, the most recent ones I've sent have all been um, have been sort of probably with him, sending them back to family, to cousins and things like that, because it's it's quite nice when you're bored on a rainy uh, seaside, seafront, it's something to do to go and look for a postcard, write a postcard with a cup of tea or a hot chocolate somewhere and then post it. The ritual of doing that is keeps a child occupied for anything up to five minutes, which is quite <laughs> vital. Five valuable minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Hazley is, of course, also a comedy writer. And all those things that Joel did that I talked about, Jason did too. Jason also has a postmark from Chelmsford. Jason, when did you last send a postcard? 
Um, the last time I sent a postcard was from the holiday I was taking last August in Paxos, the Greek island. And I sent a postcard for reasons that will become apparent to my fellow comedy writer Andy Riley. Um, and it was a picture of an old Greek woman on the front and I said something sarcastic about it on the back. Um, I didn't send a postcard to any members of the family or anything like that, but I just sent one to Andy Riley, and why will become clear. Excellent, excellent. So you have a specific postcard correspondence that we're going to learn about. That's good. Now, regular or casual listeners will be all too aware that I'm a bit obsessed uh, with the notion that postcards somehow weave their way uh, through our lives in strange, unexpected, uh, mystical, unseen ways. And I, I always like to ask my guests um, if they agree with this. Sometimes I met with quizzical looks. Joel, when you were researching appropriately named Bollocks to Alton Towers, you must have been exposed to quite a lot of disturbing postcards. <laughs> we travelled around. It was a good state of the nation. We travelled around a lot to sort of British uh, tourist attractions. And in the gift shop, there were postcards for unusual attractions and things. Um, yeah, it's, you see them in gift shops. I like them. They're, they're, I like the fact that they are uh, still there. People, Even though you think people might not send postcards, you can definitely buy them still from everywhere. It's an easy way of making money, and it's about the same as a rubber. It's not. A, it's a sort of the minimal gift shop gift. It's sort of certainly cheaper than the English Heritage Crossbow, which is the most expensive gift shop gift that I'm regularly uh, asked to buy by my son, which is about 50 quid, I think. Crossbow? Yeah, they do a crossbow, a wooden right. crossbow. What They're kind handmade. of a parent are you? Uh, the kind of parent who who thinks about buying the crossbow because it does look amazing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, we usually buy things. And Here's I quite, a postcard of a crossbow. Yeah, I That'll quite, do. I quite like the postcard. I do buy, still buy postcards of souvenirs a lot. Still, I think I I go to even if I'm going to the British Museum, which is about twenty yards from our office. I often buy a postcard in there of something I've seen in an exhibition. They're they're a very good way of of uh, taking a bit of a museum home. I still use them for that, I think. Slightly irresistible as well if they're cheap enough, I think. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you can't regret it, and they don't take up much space at home. If you buy a replica of the Rosetta Stone, you've got to find a shelf for it. If you buy a picture of the Rosetta Stone, it goes inside a book as a bookmark, and that, that is finished. You don't have to excuse it to your spouse. Why have you bought that enormous replica of the Rosetta Stone? What were you thinking? <laughs> Where's you that going to go? Yeah. Well, Jason, you, both of you, you deal in words, uh, dialogue particularly. Now, to me, old postcards are a bit like eavesdropping on conversations. Mm. Uh, and they're real, of course. Um, it's hard to make this stuff up, as I've certainly discovered with the Twitter stuff. Can you learn from postcard messages? You can certainly learn. I mean, the thing about your book and in your Twitter feed, frankly, is that it's, it, it reads like a load of tiny short stories. And it also reads like Jack Rosenthal dialogue, you know, which is, which is the best. It's the best dialogue. Um, I think you can learn a great deal about how people actually talk um, from postcards. Because very often, you know, if you watch, um, and I don't, but if you watch something like EastEnders, that's not how people talk. People don't constantly use each other's names, Tom. Do they, Tom? It, that's just not what dialogue's like, you know. But when, when you get people, real people, and their actual words, you get you get a, a much more you get a direct injection of character, rather than a sort of caricature. 
also what you're doing as well, one of the things that human beings have evolved to do is to take small amounts of evidence and extrapolate patterns and you, you get a huge serotonin hit from spotting. I think that's how sitcom works. You know from the, the clues of what Captain Mannering's like, what he's going to say next. So humans like analysing small bits of evidence and extrapolating character from it to guess how someone's going to behave. It's a survival it's a useful survival trait and postcards you get six or seven words and go oh yeah I know Irene that's typical <laughs> yeah. that's what Irene's like <laughs> yeah. and I, you get a little serotonin hit the moment you do that and I think yeah. it, 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 it plugs into a part of your brain that likes spotting patterns from small amounts of evidence so I'm helping the human species survive yes well I'm, I'm delighted about that it's very, <laughs> glad, there's glad literally no to... argument about that that's 100% scientifically true fact well we'll end it all here the job, <laughs> my, uh, my job is done thank you well before we dive into the dupe end and flip over the cards that Jason and Joel have brought in. I want to kick off with a couple of cards that I've brought. Um, these are from the uh, vast postcard from the past archive. Um, I went in there this morning and found some cards. These haven't been on Twitter, so these are, and they haven't been in the book. These are exclusive. First one, this is a picture of the High Street in Bridge North. So this is a, a picture of the Market Square, very nice. If, if you were a vintage car fan, I think you'd be very interested in seeing some of the cars. All right, the message is, Stopped here because I remembered it as being so nice, but it isn't. <laughs> so that's obviously a bit of a disappointment for... Um... Well, actually, interesting, intriguingly, it's, it's signed Family. Well, the band. I, Maybe. Family. It's to, it's to someone, it's to... Uh, well, I'll, I'll say it's from some time ago now. It's to Miss Rivers, and it's from her family, called... Family. <laughs> is it like Emily? Is it one of those names we've forgotten? Well, maybe. I, no, I'm pretty, you know, put, yeah. pass, pass an eye over that. I think, that I think says family. family. It does say family. Yeah, yeah. lovely. Yeah, wow. For me, the point about these is you can never predict what they're going to say. No, no, yeah, this is this is This is the past's job. The past's job is to surprise us. <laughs> as soon as you think you know what the past was like, you're wrong. Anyway, <laughs> enough, enough of my cards. We, we're here to listen to Jason and Joel. <laughs> so you've been kind enough to come along today uh, to, with your postcards. Oh, and before we do look at the cards that Jason and Joel have brought, um, I should remind those of you listening at home that uh, there'll be images of all these cards um, on the website so you can play along. Right, Joel, let's start with you. Um, would you like to tell me about the first card that you brought along? Uh, yeah, this is this wasn't sent to me. This was picked up off a table at a wedding recently in Brighton. It was a very good wedding, and they had the brilliant idea of, instead of leaving sort of sugared almonds in a bowl, they just left postcards. It's a good conversation starter for with sort of strangers or, or sort of friends around the table. And this is it's a picture on the front, probably from the 60s, like the 1960s, maybe the postcard was sent later, but it's certainly a, a, a late 60s-ish image of the lanes in Brighton. Very big up shopping. card you got there. Yeah, it's been, it's been through a lot of pockets. Uh, but on the back, it's, it's going to a woman called Irene uh, in Kent, and it's from Anne. And on the back it says, Dear Irene, I uh, hope you're well and, and enjoyed your holiday in Malta. Thanks for the card. Nothing much happening here, Anne. Oh. And I love that because it's the idea that the card from Malta, which would have had an exciting sort of possibly exotic, <laughs> the dawn of, of the jet age front page which, with all the potential, requires a reply from her friend who's doing nothing. But that she bothered to send a card. 
Well, and I think that I get a feeling there's a little bit of uh, leisure time envy going on there. Yes, I yes. can't compete with you and your fancy trips to Malta. Yeah, you, you've <laughs> been you you and your sort of James Bond jet setting lifestyle. I've been to the shops on the front. It says, uh, and also I quite like that that this was left on on a table, and I've kept it because it's not only I think it was funny. My wife laughed at it, and I laughed at it, but also it's a souvenir of the wedding. So now, weirdly, it's 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 been repurposed. This now reminds me of, of laughing at a table at a friend's wedding, which is so, nice. So this, this strange, is... isn't it? Because the front and the back of that card have really nothing to do with each other, and your relationship <laughs> yeah. with that card has nothing to do with either the front or back of that but card, But the magic of, of memory means that this is now... I, though, uh, the wedding was in Brighton, so basically it reminds me that I was uh, in Brighton for a day. So basically it's, vague. it's, a, it's clearly a, a card that had been sent locally, but um, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> and also it's funny because people, people love Brighton. Yes. So the idea of there being nothing to do, especially yes. if you don't live there, you Brighton's great. Yes, it's even the nice bit. It's the bit. seaside. It's the nice bit. The lanes is really nice on the front. It's not, it's... Nothing much happening in Brighton is not possible, surely. Yeah. <laughs> the sea, there's, oh, that sea, it's constantly changing. <laughs> well, that's very good. That was an extra card we snuck in, actually, because Joel wanted to break the rules straight away. Yes. So what's your first proper card uh, The first proper us, card, this is, uh, this is the family history, which only occurred to me very uh the last minute i thought oh, what cards have i been sent and it suddenly occurred to me there's a there's a family story that i like which is uh attached to this postcard and it's i moved house i bought my first flat about it's coming off like 15 years ago now and i bought it in walthamstow because it's the only place i could afford in london to get a little sort of tiny little upstairs flat and i bought it and i brought my dad around say this is the place i've, I've rustled up the deposit for and i can get in here just about afford it and my dad wandered in and went this is nice do you know your great auntie margaret used to live next door and i went Wow. What? I, I, what do you mean? I, and I bought a flat completely blind in an area that the only reason I moved to was so I could afford it. And it was where my family was from. And I thought my family were from Romford in Essex, which is where my family all grew up and my mum and dad grew up. And it turned out that all the family moved out to Essex from Walthamstow and they had lived in Walthamstow. Uh, my dad's auntie Margaret lived, uh, shared a wall with the flat I bought. And over the road, next to the, the Copper Mill pub, a tiny little pub in Walthamstow, uh, two or three doors down was where my dad's uh, granddad had lived and his, and his dad had been born. Um, and they all drank in the pub that I drank in, and it turned out that I'd gone back to the seat of the family. And I said to him, well, prove it. Have you got any documentation that proves this? And, and they dug up eventually, in someone's effects, a relative died, embroidered Edwardian postcards, hand-embroidered. Yes, the front yes. of these is hand-embroidered, and on the reverse of it is messages from my great-grandfather, who was a part of the British Expeditionary Force at the front in France in World War One. messages back to his wife. Uh, and they're... Brilliantly bland, and for reasons that the more you think about it, the more interesting they get. There's almost nothing being expressed. One of the, these postcards literally just has his his name, rank, and number on the back to say, as if to say, "I am here. I am safe." Uh, and you imagine they're to get past the censors, mm. so they wouldn't get held up. So they'd arrive in time for one of them says, "Hope you many happy returns of the day." It's a birthday card. Comes back, and he's obviously written almost nothing on it. Many happy returns of the day. Hope. This finds you as it leaves me. And they're just saying, I'm here and I'm safe. And here's a beautiful card, handwritten card. And all the expression is is on the embroidery and there's almost nothing in the copper plate handwriting on the other side apart from, I am here, this is me. But I suppose that's the most important message of all. There's no room for... You can't say anything about the war because it wouldn't get through the censor. And you don't even want to say much about your hopes and fears. But I just get a little chill that basically the the address is, is, is... Copper Mill Lane in Walthamstow, which is where I don't live there anymore, but it's where I'd moved back to. And the fact that my family have addresses 
that are the same as my address used to be. I found that enormously moving that you just accidentally ended up, and he was drinking in the same pub as me, and and that family, and he never came back from the war. He he died. He, the family myth. We had the big coin that said he died in action, yes. the great big uh, replica penny that came back from the First World War, and the story amongst the family was he, that he drowned. And we thought, well, how can he drown on land? It must have been that he got hammered, was drunk, fell into a lake with a with a girl while on, while on leave. And when we found out what the, the BEF was doing where he was stationed, which took a bit of digging, the, he, they were digging gas tunnels. And so the story would have been he would have died very bravely, probably under the ground and drowned in mud. But these are the postcards back. And this is all that I've ever seen of, of my great-grandfather was the penny saying he died. And these three embroidered postcards sent to my almost my home address. Wow. Embroidered postcards and unembroidered messages. Yeah, <laughs> the plainest possible message. And they, possibly the last messages that the family would have received. I don't know. They were, they were kept as well. That's the other thing. These turned up in, in the effects of a, of a relative. So they were, were kept in a, in, a, in a loft until that person's death. So this is, this is 100, well, almost exactly 100 years ago. Right. I think it could turn your head, these experiences and these coincidences. It's very strange. Yes. Mm. Um, it, it, I've moved away from, from that house now, but I still find a little shiver when I think accidentally I moved back to what felt like a safe space. But if you made this up, you put this into uh, uh, not perhaps a comedy script, yeah. but a serious script, it would be it would seem no cheesy. nonsense. It would what seem a silly cheesy. idea. Yeah, you know. but it was moving back to the family seat. So yeah, I used to I used to sit in it was a very very tiny pub uh, that that was next to his house, and they had that sort of uh, slaughtered lamb. It went very quiet when you want, walked in, and I used to walk in with a bit of a swagger, going, "I'm sorry, I'm local. I'm, yes. I know I've just moved in. My family were here before you, and it's." I can. I had a nice relationship with the barman because I thought I'm allowed to be here. I'm not an incomer. Yeah, 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 yeah. You see that notch on that bench? Yeah, that's that's where his bum was. He wore that. Very good. Oh well, thank you so much for sharing those with us. That's um, that's something we've not had before. Embroidered cards, and certainly not with such a complicated uh, and touching wartime history. That's that's amazing. Jason, by way of a contrast, um, what's the first card you've got for us? Well, now, here we make our back reference to Andy Riley. Um, this is a postcard from Andy Riley. It, is a, it has a picture of Saltaire on the front, but it is not a postcard from Saltaire. I'll read it first and then explain what's going on. We're having a week in Wales. Went on a boat trip to see seals and so forth. Amongst the sights pointed out to us tourists, a tiny seaweed-covered crag just big enough to wreck a ship called Leper Rock... <laughs> because that's where they used to maroon leprosy sufferers in the Middle Ages. Yet more proof for the old equation, suffering plus time equals heritage. <laughs> um, now, Andy is a very good, very funny, award-winning writer, as we all know. But he, as a kind of reaction against the immediacy of modern communication, a couple of years ago... He bought a huge collection of blank postcards, old ones. Ah. And he said, he just announced to his friends, right, uh, to counter the immediacy of everything, send me your address and I will send you a postcard. Second class. <laughs> he resolutely sends them second class because there is no urgency to them whatsoever. <laughs> and I've had dozens and dozens of postcards from him, my favourite one of which... 
I couldn't bring with me because I dropped it between some seats on an aeroplane in November last year and oh. couldn't get it back. But it was a lovely picture of that, that famous black and white photograph of what the first photograph that was meant to be of the Loch Ness Monster. Oh, yes. The uh, surgeon's photo. Yes, called. the surgeon's photo. And, uh, and Andy had written on the back, it's obviously a fucking log. Um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the one I wanted to bring but couldn't, unfortunately. Um, but incisive he's, man, isn't he? Incisive. Uh, he's great. It's, it's such a lovely. It's such a lovely idea because it sort of has, it has no purpose other than just to, to communicate in a leisurely and uh, and charming and happy way. You know, it's, so it's just it's it's great. And also, you get the added bonus of on the flip side of everything is a is a is a postcard. You know, is a picture from which has no relevance necessarily to what's on the back. Like here, it's a picture of Saltaire. Um, which has got the thing. I, it reminds me of that thing about Titus Salt, who built Saltaire, um, decided he was going to um, award himself a gift when he finished building the place. And what he wanted was he wanted to have the biggest room in the world. <laughs> so he built it on the top of his factory. He built because the they didn't have room. cars in those days. Yeah. Yeah, I'll yeah. have a room. So he, <laughs> yes, he awarded himself the biggest room in the world as a gift for, uh, for all his philanthropy in building Saltaire. <laughs> and, and it's there? Yeah. Wow. It must have been beaten since then. There's bigger rooms since well, then. Well, there will sure. be. There's, the, there's, that, the, there's the assembly there's, hangar at Nassau. The assembly, yeah, the assembly vehicle at Cape Canaveral. Where <laughs> it is, people, yeah. I didn't know people still did the room building thing. They, they still try and go for the record, do they? I think it just inevitably happens. The bigger things get. Yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> but Amazon have got the biggest room in the world somewhere full of things. They well, your yeah, drones. Actually, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. A room well, floating in the air. Where they park their drones. Yeah, I need a bigger room actually for my postcards. I might have a. <laughs> <laughs> go and visit Saltair for inspiration. Yeah, storage access. How many postcards have you got now? Do you know? Well, it's funny you should ask me that, Jason. Um, I don't know. But there are boxes and Eight. boxes. Yes. <laughs> At least a dozen. Uh, no, there's probably about 50,000, I think. Wow. But they're not... I mean, sometimes... Uh, this is not about me. But sometimes people say, is it a collection? I do have a collection of some quite nice cards. But these are boxes and boxes and boxes. They're a hoard in which yeah. I stick my hand in and try and find something entertaining. Yeah. And look and look and look until I find something entertaining. It's like having a collection of salt. Well, you yeah. can really do. Well, it's a bit like because, oh, hang on, have I looked at that grain? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> there is, yes, and, and then little piles around the house. And, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's a kind of madness, but uh, we're, we're keeping it under control, <laughs> as you can tell. We found out when we did uh, Bollocks Taunton Towers that very often what, what are now museums or tourist attractions started out as a collection, and at some point the wife or the spouse <laughs> or a doctor said, this is mental illness, and they went, what if I put some pencils in a jar and charge people to look at it? And everyone went, that's fine then. Yeah. So you're going to hit a tipping point where you have to sell postcards of your postcard collection, otherwise it's mental illness. I think that's an excellent idea. <laughs> that's I, what I, had, that was Roland Callingham uh, had that, didn't he, with Beck and Scott. He, was, he built this model oh, yes, railway yes, in the house yes. and, and Mrs Callingham said Roland darling it really is taking up far too much room so he said well I'll put it in the garden then um, and then carried on building more and more things and thought well I can have a station here and another thing here and eventually she said will you stop this and he went <laughs> no bought the garden next door and then opened it up to the public which, there you have which takes away any blame it's not it's not a mad collection yes. it's a business yeah, yeah. but uh, you know I I'm sure these hard-nosed entrepreneurs would all say that a certain kind of madness is what needs to be done yeah. to drive a business. Exactly. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, that was that was true of Steve Jobs, wasn't it? When he was developing the iPad, you know, he was, he, he sort of said, people don't know they need an iPad yet and they don't know they want an iPad yet, but they will. 
Yeah, exactly. And I see my boxes of postcards in the garage very much uh, in the model of Steve Jobs. Yes, yes, That's where I see it going. Aaron Sorkin's already writing a screenplay about your collection. Precisely, precisely. <laughs> and, and I would have handed it to you guys, but uh, yeah, sorry. Sorkin was busy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Uh, now, that was actually a bit of a cheat getting uh, Andy's card in. I think you've got something else for us, Jason. Well, I have. I've got... I just don't know what's going on here. Nice postcard. A picture of... Um, is it the music, Three Musicians by uh, Picasso. Beautiful. And this must have come with something because it, it has no address or stamp on it, but it says, Jason, where are my free CDs? Happy Christmas from Short Dom. Um, so what's the story there? Who's Short Dom? OK, well here, well, here we go with the questions. I don't know who Short Dom is. I have no <laughs> idea. Um, I, I've known, I think, two Doms. One was uh, a photographer. Um, How tall was he? He's about my height, which is sort of 180 centimetres, so, you know, that's average. Um, the other one was a very, a very tall man called Dom, who lived in the flat below me when I lived near Wandsworth Common, um, and whose flat uh, my then-girlfriend flooded um, when she fell asleep when the washing machine was on and a hose came off. Um, but he was tall. So I, I must assume that this is either the other Dom, the photographer, or it's a, a Dom who has been lost to the mist of time who I still may owe some free CDs to, for all I know. And it is addressed to you, so this isn't... This isn't... Like Joel's wedding one, this is yours. No, this, it's yes, it's Jason. Where are my free CDs? Yeah, um, Dom, if you're out there, uh, you know, uh, I can give you some CDs. I don't know which ones you want. I, it must have been something to do with my band. What I like about this is that I got absolutely no context for it. There's all I can do is just try and piece it together from the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven words on the back. You know, that's it. And th- this is kind of the flip side of the cards where we perhaps like Joel's wartime ones or, or so many, where they have a close personal meaning 
that um, is powerful and, and, and pregnant with memories. Yours is 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 a blank sheet of and confusion. Meaningless. But <laughs> a black hole. It's bizarre because Joel's Brighton postcard from Irene, or to Irene from whoever it was from, Anne, yeah. has more association for him than this postcard to me does yeah. to me. <laughs> Sometimes communication is not... Any communication. <laughs> the best communication is no meaning at all. Aren't people strange? <laughs> and the words they use sometimes make sense and sometimes don't. Well, that's something to ponder. And before we look at the next cards, I've got one more of my own to throw into the mix. Um, this is, is a rather beautiful card, actually. This is a card um, It says British, British Railways Vessel. It's a, oh, wow. It's a, it's a ship on the, on, the, on, the, on the water, rather nice faded colours. Card is a J. Arthur Dixon card. Uh, they very often the photographs are very nice on the Dixon cards. Um, date on this one, I think nineteen sixty something. Can't quite see. Sent from Jersey to Welling Garden City, and uh, things weren't really going well for Dee Dee, who sent this. Squashed my left thumb in a door on train to Weymouth, <laughs> but don't worry, it's getting better. Bunk beds are unstable. There is a nasty smell in the chalet. The weather is cloudy, but otherwise I'm enjoying myself immensely. So there you are, that's Dee Dee. It does, uh, sound, like, it does sound like she's enjoying herself immensely. It does, it does doesn't, doesn't it? it, yes. Again, though, Rosenthal dialogue. Yeah. Squashed, first of yeah. all. Squashed my thumb in a door on train to Weymouth. That's the bit you don't need. <laughs> detail. Victoria Wood levels of detail. Specifics. And also, so if you're sending a postcard, don't you want to do the enjoying yourself tremendously bit on the postcard rather than the other one? <laughs> You've communicated every moment of the day you haven't enjoyed yourself. <laughs> well, maybe that's just kind of making... It's, it's the mustn't grumble moment. Yeah. Mustn't grumble. And it's the reverse of, of Anne and Irene with their travel jealousy. She's sending a card saying, don't worry, I'm on this lovely boat, but I'm having a horrible time. But when you're on the bus now, well, you're not on the bus now, but when you're on the bus, you hear people on the phone, and there are certain kind of people on the phone who pick up the phone, and they, they're on a call for the duration of the bus journey. Yes. Talking to I always pity the person at the other end because they're just hearing a rant, and it's a rant about their day at work. or uh, And it's like a venting of... Yes. The frustrations of life. I guess that didn't happen. So Dee Dee is letting it all out in this card to um, Mr and Mrs Valois. What you're saying is the postcards are the equivalent of, say, a more continental emotional race wailing at a funeral. This is how Britain releases grief. Well, it's in also... a form of postcards about thumb squashing. Generic grief about life. <laughs> also, so many postcards, I'm guessing, you'll know this far better than I will, but so many postcards are basically critiques of some of someone's own holiday aren't they because yes. they tend to review it and go well the weather's nice but you know food's awful you know or in that case chalet smelly whatever yeah. it is it's a very strange thing to do is to is to basically it's it's trip advisor but to your friends of your own life it? yeah <laughs> i give me two stars yeah. <laughs> I, I arrived with my package damaged shame about my thumb yes i'm not very good at holidays yeah, yeah. That's what don't, they need. yeah. don't worry weather iffy i'm not very nice they could do you know when they, they print the stuff on the back of the bus they could print i am not good at holidays and you could just sign it and yeah say, yeah. say well that writing i think that would sell as well i'm <laughs> marked with an x um, you're listening to Podcasts from the Past, the postcard podcast, and my guests today, as you're hearing, are top comedy writers, Jason Haisley and Joel Morris. Joel, 
What's the final card you've got for us today? This is an odd thing. I considered not bringing this and then thought, actually, I'm finding this too interesting. This is an impersonal but personal card. It's printed, not handwritten. There's no signature on it or anything. But it is a card from the musician and archdrude Julian Cope that was sent to my home address in about 1996. And well, it, that's very lucky that you received a card from Julian Cope. But everyone on his mailing list would receive... Uh, a postcard and this was a way I'd forgotten this completely that bands kept in touch with fans rather than a mailing list or an email or a Twitter account the postcard was the way you maintained a personal relationship with your fan base and I'd completely forgotten this you used to get them inside CDs there'd be a, a card would fall out of the CD and it would say write to Supergrass or whatever and it'd say at and the address was usually 3 Alveston Place, Leamington Spa, which obviously... For was, example. No, that was the address. <laughs> that was the address. That was, was the address. I think, was, I think Universal it? Music and a couple of other labels all sent, uh, all, all, sent uh, their, all the fan mail went to that address. Because I remember my band um, had postcards in the, uh, in the album with the 3 Alveston Place, Leamington so you'd, Spa. You'd we to used it. to joke to journalists and go, yeah, well, all bands live there. Yeah, it's it's great great radio music. Head, you can imagine you know, a big like Georgian yeah. Sting in the bathroom again. So you think it's record company? rather than fan clubs rather than management I think it was it was it was run by it was a service that was run and I think Copy's one this would be maybe after he'd left Ireland he might have been an independent but it was a standard way of relating to your fans instead of sending you messages to tell you when you had gigs and things and the lovely thing about this why I brought this in is uh, at the time that, that, that Julian Cope and I was a big Julian Cope fan was doing this he was travelling around Britain researching his stone circles for his big book The Modern Antiquarian on of Stone course, Circles so you would get a postcard from Julian Cope when he visited there's a picture on the front here of his, of his wife standing in a, a stone circle in, in Southern Ireland uh, and they are tourist postcards. It was telling you, hey, I've just come back from places and celebrating the places he'd visited. It's a good picture as well. So, yeah, and it crossed over into actually feeling like you were friends with a pop star. Unlike it saying, hey, we've got a tour coming up. This went, here I am, I've been to Stonehenge, I've been to Kalanish or whatever. And it was a tourist postcard. And I loved getting these, which is probably why I've kept them, is that even though it's a, it's a printed postcard, in it, it, Can you uh, give us a, a sample of what Julian uh, obviously, has got to date you with? Uh, this is uh, Drudion. How's the Mother Earth treating you? This week, Albany turned five. NASA discovered life on Mars. The Chechen's revolutionary force made the ri- mighty Russian army look sick. And Paul first missed the 60s, and you're all going to know about it. Weller released a Mod 45 with a target on the sleeve. So he's just <laughs> chatting. No, but he's good. I mean, these are the this is some of the best cards I've ever seen. But weirdly, it's a little, it's also a lovely little postcard of what was going on that week in 1996. And I, I think I kept, I've got a little part of them, about six of them, that came through, and I kept them because I like the pictures on the front of Stone Circles. They're nice. Uh, and they are a pop star relating to his fans yeah. as if he's sending you holiday postcards. I he's, he's such a good writer as well, isn't he? <laughs> I mean, we all know head on. But Well, I, I met him once. Um, I was playing uh, for Baxter Jury's band, and uh, he was supporting uh, Julian Cope at some festival. So I went up and said hello to Copey. Um, and I said, what are you up to? And he said, I'm considering writing a history of spare time. I wonder when people first had spare time. Very good. God, straight from the off, he was brilliant. Yeah. But this, this takes you, I think this takes you back to a, a time when, this, as a communications medium, the postcard was the one you do. It's Twitter. Yeah. This is the equivalent of Twitter. This is, this is me having, a, having signed up for his Twitter feed. Mm. And he's just tweeting at me, but in postcard form... And I remember being in a band, the first thing you did, the, the, your management said, is how are you going to build a fan base? How are you going to get them to feel a personal relationship? Yeah. And Do I've the got, marketing work for us. And I've got postcards we left on tables at gigs. The idea being that you would send us a postcard, we'd send you one back. And that was, 
expected to be because I suppose as well it saves the management company opening envelopes and cutting their fingers it's quicker it's faster it's public and yet private it's it's I'd forgotten this was the way bands kept in touch before computers and I suspect many artists would not have such engaging ways of writing as yes you were getting something that was worth signing up for because it was funny and it was fun I remember little bits of phrasing from these postcards in the same way as you remember a nice line from from a book you've read, because I've read because you read them a couple of times over breakfast and they'd go in. But I think it was a very good way of talking to your fans, and uh, I had completely forgotten it existed. But Jason, you said you you had this address in your CD. Yeah. What what was the flip side of it? Did did you receive? You would you would you would write your address and name on the back of this postcard, stick it in the post, and then, because it said the name of my band on it, you would then get any information about new releases that my band put out. I mean, you just get sent stuff in the post. But you didn't have to write the cards. No, 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 no. This is just something was automated by the record yeah. company. It would just be a standard pressure. I've just realised what the, the phrase on this postcard that I remember <laughs> from reading it, which goes... Uh, my new single, Planetary Sit-In, is released on September 23rd, and it's the catchiest thing I've ever recorded. Well, I know it is, especially as the thing is covered in string quartets and has a Paris 1919 honey bus skip to die for. And you go, I want to hear that single. Yeah, yeah. He's no, written. I don't want to hear it. Yeah, I, I want to think about it. <laughs> but I remember a Paris 1919 honey bus skip to die wow, for wow. is a phrase I remember yeah, off this yeah, postcard. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's gold dust. Well, thank <laughs> wow. you, Julian. You know, thank you, Julian. And well done keeping those because I suppose they were pretty disposable. That's enormous. This is ephemera. This is this is Robert Opie's uh, definition of the thing people throw away. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. of the day. No more than that. Yeah. Well, thank God people don't throw these things away <laughs> so that, that, that we can sit and chat about them. Jason. I think we're off the ready now for the final card of the day. Shockingly, what, what have you got uh, for us? What I've got is I I had struggled to find many postcards. I use postcards uh, in the same way that I use um, tickets from shows and things. And once upon a time, uh, when they existed, um, boarding passes. I use them yes. as bu- bookmarks. So I've been rummaging through books trying to find about. Actually, most of the stuff in my books is tickets from gigs. Um, but I did find one. Um, so not... tell us what, you're, what we're looking at here. Well, what we're looking at here is a very cheesy, crappy picture of the top of the Empire State Building by night. Um, this has been deliberately chosen by the person who sent this to be a naff-looking postcard. The typeface is papyrus, by the looks of it. It is papyrus. An excusable typeface. And an unlikely one as well. Yeah, it's, it's the yeah, Wicker Man, the Wicker Man typeface, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> And this is from the first uh, thing you think of when you see the Empire State Building by night. This is from a friend of mine, Marcus Gray, who's a writer, wrote a very good book on REM and a very good book on the Clash. Um, and he was in New York, um, and he has sent me this shitty postcard, which just <laughs> says, "Jason, you wouldn't want to sit on it by accident, would you?" Cheers, Marcus. <laughs> um, which is which is nice because this is the opposite of him sending a, a picture of you know the Manhattan skyline saying Manhattan's amazing, having a great time. This is not a critique of his holiday; it is simply an acknowledgement that he's there and it's just and he's just nudging me in the ribs and going, "There you go." Um, which I think is lovely because it, because what w- I suppose this postcard has travelled how many thousand miles away is New York five thousand <laughs> yeah. miles something like that at least this po- it's travelled all that distance <laughs> and it's it's so pointless there's something delicious about what that's it. got that's got the same appeal as as letters in viz. Yeah. <laughs> well, the point with letters in viz is a lot of them are funny because someone, especially back in the day, that someone had put a stamp 
on that idle a thought on the toilet yes. that isn't worth communicating. Um, it's also got the, the thing I remember someone saying about about Vic and Bob. One of the joys of Vic and Bob is they come up with a joke that will be funny between two kids in the back of a car on a long car journey, and they turn up and they make the BBC buy them an orchestra and they yeah. stage it with dancers. <laughs> and at the end of it, the joke wasn't worth doing that to. But the funny thing is that they have done that. Yeah, it is worth it. 3,000 miles of postage to communicate that joke. That joke. Is the joke. I I think (laughs) as a few of the cards we've looked at today, I'll draw some conclusions. A few of the cards we've looked at today are kind of, um, and it's not surprising given your backgrounds, they're kind of performative. They're kind of making a joke. They're they're not reporting on what did or didn't happen. Yes. And we've talked about the ones that people do report, and they're reporting kind of different degrees of detail. But these are kind of, as you say, nudging someone in the ribs, trying to make your pal laugh. Well, that's a fairly noble endeavour. I can think of worse things you could be spending your time and money on. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Ditto as well. That that joke, Marcus's joke there, is exactly the equivalent of 99% of social media traffic. Yeah, exactly. Or the good bits of it that aren't just shouting and Russian infiltration. The bits that really work are just someone saying, it wasn't really worth me clipping this picture out, putting a caption under it and saying, look at this, but you're laughing because they have made yeah. human contact with you. That's what, I mean, That's this is exactly the tenor of the conversation I'd have with Marcus anyway. We'd just be sitting there taking the piss in, with each other. You know, that's that's how we talk. That's that's why we're mates, because we both find things, same as you and I, we just find things funny. So he doesn't need to tell me that his hotel's lovely and New York's amazing and he's been to MoMA and things. He just needs to say something silly and stick a stamp on it. Great. And in fact, you know, it's ridiculous, but there is a connection with the, the wartime one, yes. which is basically just the process of sending the card. That says you're OK. Yes. We've got that bit just by yeah, the yeah. fact that it yeah, arrived. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a bit like a missed one. Well, a missed call's not quite the same because you think a missed call might be something important. No, it, just the fact that you've had the postcard, right, everything's OK, now let's be amused, or now let's just be pleased that they're okay. I had, I think one of the things, it's, it's a bit like, again, in evolutionary terms, it's a peacock's tail. It's saying, I had enough spare time. I was not overburdened and, and, and under stress. I had enough time to waste time on sending this card, which is the back to Julian Cope and spare time. The biggest luxury a human can have is to not be under bombardment for long enough to find a piece of paper and to waste time sending that piece of paper says you're in a state of extreme luxury that a lot yes. of humans aren't in. Yes, when do we write a letter? Never. But we might send a postcard on holiday. Yeah. And this is also, this this one from Marcus is very much like the postcard I sent to Andy Riley when I was on holiday last year. You know, it didn't tell him anything about the holiday, but it had a picture of an old, an old woman on it. And on the back, I think I wrote something like, I expect you, I expect you often think of Leonard Parkin. Well, here he is, you know, something <laughs> like that. You know, it's just, it's nothing. It's just a joke, you know. And it's sweet because actually, without making it soppy in the card, you are thinking of them. You've yeah. gone to the effort. Absolutely, so yeah. It's, yeah, it of is course. friendly. Of course. You wouldn't bother if you didn't bother. And if you don't receive a card, oh, they never bloody sent me a card <laughs> when they had their fancy trip to the Seychelles. And the one thing they had was spare time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I know they had that thumb problem on the first day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it is uh, extraordinary what um, these little bits of cardboard can unlock. And I'm delighted that you two came along and shared them with me today. Another quick reminder for listeners at home or wherever else you're listening, there are images of all the cards that prompted these discussions uh, on the website, so you can have a look for yourselves. Before we let Jason and Joel back to their writing office and their busy schedules, um, I've got just one more postcard for both of you. Uh, Gentlemen, have you seen one of these? Whoa! Is it a postcard disc? (laughs) What? 
a music postcard. <laughs> How is that? This is what an MP3 used to look like. <laughs> wow. If you could only get inside, that's what they still look like. Yeah. <laughs> Careful. And then I'm not scratching it. I'm not scratching it. It's just fingertip. That's all. Okay. Just want to see how deep the grooves are. How deep that's are amazing. your grooves? So this is a, and how big is that? That's not seven inches, is it? That's about five inch or something, is yeah. it? Yeah. Sort of so CD size. Isn't I should it? for the for the uh, the listener at home. We're looking here at a, uh, an oversized postcard. It's a mariachi band or something a, similar. A, a sort of folky band of some kind in blue, very blue shirts. Yes. Blue, the colour of a Livid. postcard sky. Um, and they're, they're, they're grouped around... How many men are there? Eight? Seven? Five. Five. It's a five-man five band. And they're all grouped around a, a small lad who's carrying a... Uh, uh, well, I'd call it a derbuka for the Middle East. I don't know what we'd call it. A sort of hand drum. Yeah. It's sort of a djembe, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Is that what you call it? Yeah, I think so. Little tiny, like a single bongo. There's a double bass, a trumpet, a guitar and a bandolion as well. Very good. And uh, there might be some details about this on the back. <sighs> the singing postcard. There you the go. The singing postcard. It's, it's Czech, is it? Yeah. I think it might be Yugoslavian. Uh, Belgrade, yes, quite right. Lovely. Musika Stevo Teodosievsky. I think, my first thought on seeing this is I would like every Eurovision entry to have to compulsorily make one of these. <laughs> <laughs> oh, For- what, a, what a joyous idea. Yeah, I think you could collect a full set with like, Gina G on it. It'd be great. And, 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 and Scooch. That'll be on super deluxe editions very soon. Yeah. You, know the, you know the specificity thing about Rosenthal dialogue, you know, yes. squashed my thumb, yes. trained to Weymouth. Yes. Look at this. Small print at the bottom of this postcard. It says, plays 500 times perfectly. What yeah. happens on the 501st play? Well... Jason, there is only one way to find out. Right. Uh, David David next door has been observing us in the glass uh, with, with quizzical expression uh, and some horror at times. Let's see if he can make his modern technology so, translate this into something we oh, can hear. We're going to hear Teodosievsky then, are we? The Teodosievsky Ensemble. <laughs> Also, it's the singing postcard, which is the one thing that it is not doing. <laughs> Look, I have kept the receipt. We can probably get our money back. Don't worry. It's, it's probably got the vocal version on the other side. Right. <laughs> well, that is extraordinary. It's very charming, isn't it? It's yeah. lovely. I'm very, I'm, I'm very swung by the Teodosievsky ensemble. <laughs> Well, there's no question. This should be both. You're both musicians. This should be your new musical direction. Yeah. Uh, but only if you promise to wear the blue shirts, I think. And release everything on postcard. On postcard. This is postcard records. This is the definitive of what postcard records should have been. Yeah, yeah. Edwin, move over. <laughs> <laughs> you missed a trick. Well, as the music drifts away, like so many of our hopes and dreams. <laughs> That's it for this time on Podcasts from the Past. I'd very much like to thank my first-class guests for sharing the postcards from their pasts, Mr Jason Hazley and Mr Joel Morris. Thank you both. Thank Thanks you, Tom. enormously. And thank you for listening. Bye for now. You can see more postcards with their messages posted every day on Twitter. Do follow me at Past Postcard. And you can buy the book, Postcard from the Past, by me, Tom Jackson, at Amazon and all good booksellers. And if you're looking for podcast production, check out wardorstudios.co.uk.
A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.